0: Combos, we gon' show you how the world goes. AG's combos, we gon' show you how the world goes. AG's combos, we gon' show you how the world goes. Take a look at the world we live in, it's falling apart. Uh, Put the flash, muscle, and guns, but don't show hard. Time to spark a conversation, let that be a lesson. Keep the truth in the booth, call it confession. Chains of oppression links us together. uh, Any stormy weather, red, blue, black, or white, we can do better. It's A G combos, pay attention. Make mix, break change, yeah, that's the mission. I said, yeah, that's the mission. mission. A G combos
1: world we gonna show you how the world goes. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to AG's Convos. We are back in the PCB studios, back on our Wednesday session on the show. Back with Ken Smith at the booth. What up, Dog? What's happening, bruh?
0: Nothing much, brother. Long weekend, man. Man. It was a tough one. Hard pills to swallow this weekend, man. uh, This past weekend, anyway.
1: And it ain't stopped either. Oh, my God, man. I don't know what to say. Yeah, we we go touch on the big topic, you know, but before we get to that, because, again, this whole George Floyd shit is still popping, right? Yes, sir. Now the defense is actually on the stand and or or calling the yeah, shots. Yeah, they're calling the shots they're, right now. They're calling up their uh, witnesses, yeah. which seem to be backfiring in their face. Yeah, Every all of it. Single person they bring up. I there.
0: haven't even watched it, but I'm 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 hearing from the grapevine of like either either I'm reading a status about it because yeah. people are watching. Everybody's watching. Everybody
1: it. watching this shit. I'm bro.
0: the only one not watching it, but I don't need to watch it to know that the shit is wrong. it's bad
1: (laughs) i mean it what's interesting to me is to try to see how they try to get this dude off yeah and who's really like buying into this story because all the news organizations are reviewing it and recording it because everybody's watching it so people are going to their favorite stations and watching it or wherever the stream is actually you know most convenient for them but To hear some of the feedback, you know, just listen to people going, oh, I think that was a great discussion, a great argument, or it was a complete waste of time. But as soon as the defense got on, you know, got to calling their witnesses, man, it's like, dude, did you really just put that individual on the stand? Because that did not work in your favor at all. Like, literally, to me, nobody that they've called so far has actually worked in their favor. Even the cops that were there was like, maybe you shouldn't have called him either. You know what I mean? Because... You could just hear it. you could hear it in their in their uh body cam videos. you could hear it in their justifications. It's like yeah yeah and i I don't get it because
0: it's like these people are um trying to paint George Floyd as a drug addict right type dude
1: that de- to kind of
0: deserved this type right. of
1: treatment, and it's like no. And that's been kind of the consensus. It's like, you know, we got to keep in mind George Floyd is not on trial here. None of that. Derek Chauvin is. George Floyd is dead. He's gone. It's, it's, it's Derek's turn. You know, he's the one that's under the microscope, not George Floyd.
0: But they I don't I care guess how they... high he
1: was. I don't care what he swallowed. I don't care what he smoked. I don't care that he got high and he got arrested. I mean, they, they brought up an ar- arrest from a year earlier. Oh, well, you know, he had drugs in the system. This was, yeah, but this was a year earlier. So they bring this up, like, oh, and he calls the the doctor, um, that or the paramedic that you know encountered him at this um, this arrest. It was like, you know, what was his mind state? What was his this? What was his that? And then it was like, yeah, he was high. He, you know, he he you know he was under the influence. He had drugs in his system. Whatever. The prosecutor got up there. and was like, uh, did he have a heart attack? Nope. Did he die? Nope. You know, so like, so the fact that he's been on drugs, he even said it, he's a, he was a functioning drug addict. Yeah. He didn't need drugs, but having drugs in his system really didn't affect his abilities anymore. He right. was already past that, you know, high stage.
0: Regardless of if he had drugs in the system or not, that doesn't justify the fact of that you, you using that type of excessive force on that guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like... Once, once you got him down and you had your foot on his neck or your knee on his neck and you had other officers handcuffing him, once them handcuffs was on, what could he do to you?
1: Right. Take, your,
0: take your knee off that guy.
1: Right. That's, that's going to be the, the issue. The fact that he kept him in the prone position after he had been restrained. Like he was going to get telling up and you, go do something. Right. While telling you he can't breathe and instead of you turning him over, which is protocol— you leave him in the prone position, and you cut off his airway. I
0: can't wait till you watch this two strangers, uh, distant strangers. Movie. Yeah, yeah. So y'all gonna, talked about you're, that you're, last week on the pod. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna realize why I say it's a good because it kind of ties into the George Floyd case. It right. ties into a lot of cases actually, right. in 32 minutes, and it's right. like,
1: wow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it because I know you, you mentioned a little bit ago that y'all talked about it on the last podcast. Yeah, we, we gave a spoiler podcast.
0: alert, but we kinda told people go watch it before that spoiler alert happened because we're, we're we was gonna talk about it. Yeah, y'all dig into it. <laughs> we was gonna definitely it's it's one of them things that you cannot not talk about. Right. So it's like, dude, I, I recommend everybody go watch two distant strangers. With their sons and daughters, actually, you can you need to watch it with your kids because it's like one of those type movies where it can be a discussion in your household. You know what I'm saying? Like, what did you see? Yes, on Netflix. Okay. What did you see, and what was done wrong, or what could have been done better, or you know what I'm saying? Like anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of them great films, but it ties into this George Floyd, uh, all this police brutality type things, and it's like
1: wow. Well, I mean, a lot of my listeners know because I'm constantly talking about the GB7 podcast on my socials. Yes, sir. uh, Yeah, there was a discussion this past weekend about this show, and I haven't seen it, arguably. You know, I admit it, but... uh, Apparently, it's something to see, so I, to I, see. I can't wait to watch it. 32 minutes
0: of your time. It, it, your kids ain't even got to be away from their video game for longer than 32
1: right. minutes. Well, I'm looking forward to, talk, to listening <laughs> to the discussion y'all had about it because I want to see yeah, what It, was, what it was, came of it.
0: It was definitely like one of them things where it was like, damn, that's
1: crazy. Yeah. But the crazy thing about the whole George Floyd situation is that that wasn't the story this week. Mm. As much as a story as it was, that wasn't the story. It wasn't. The story was the fact that the shit happened again. Again. During this trial. During the trial. Less than 10 miles away from the judge that's on the stand talking to the dude that's getting tried Mm, for the the mm, murder. mm, mm. And some chick pulls out a gun. Oops, I thought it was a taser. And killed a guy.
0: And if you've seen the video, there's no Uh, way you could have mistaken. Like, she had to get around the other police officer and aim her gun like she's like this Yeah, it's
1: not like she You're, pulled it and pulled the trigger you
0: didn't pull it and pull the trigger you literally had a chance to look at what you got in your hand
1: even if they don't feel the same not They're, even close that's significantly wider than the other and she said it taser 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 you your arm is fully extended i see the body cam I'm looking at you, look at him. I'm looking at where you're pointing the gun. I'm looking at where your hand is. There's no way you didn't know that that was a firearm. And you are
0: a head. trainer. You train people to be yeah. on top of their game when it comes to things like this. So how can you make
1: a mistake? She, rec- she resigned yesterday. She's in jail. Did they, they arrest her? They arrested her. She's in jail. No bond. Oh, good. She resigned yesterday.
0: Yeah, that, I know they,
1: I, they had said they were going to put her on administrative leave until it was decided or, you know, until nah, they investigated. Put, They
0: arrested her on, uh, with aggravated murder. Yeah, I know they were char- talking about charging her with it. Mm. I, I mean, know, I read that in a post. I don't know how. I, let me not say it's true because, you know, social media tell you some shit. Then right. All of a sudden it not be true. <laughs> right. But. From what I seen, the like, dude had to post up and then and it literally was listing all the stuff and saying that she was in jail. She didn't have a bond. It was
1: she was in jail. Well, we'll see. Hmm. I mean, she should be. She killed somebody. I killed somebody. I'd be in jail instantly. I don't care what you do for a living. That shouldn't change if you killed somebody.
0: And I didn't even want to see the video. Yeah. I really didn't. But it came across my timeline and then. I would not I wouldn't have watched it if it was a, like a pause video. I would have just scrolled past it. But it was one of them videos where when they pop up it start it's playing. playing yeah. So I'm just watching it and I'm like, All right, they handcuffed him. How did they kill him if they had him in handcuffs? But then he kinda snatched away from him right. and tried to get in the car and get and bounce. That still doesn't justify you shooting that guy, right? Up.
1: Now and again, I, I know I got some people that's listening to this that's going, "Why did he run? Why? Why? He right? There, but right? he said did he, he was. They said
0: he was scared for his life. He felt like they were going to do something to him.
1: Well, he had warrants. That's that's the and, and that's that's they supposedly one of the reasons. pulled him over because of his plates, right? That's what they wanted him to believe. Then one of the cops admit that it has something to do with a fucking tree air freshener hanging out of his window because those are illegal, supposedly, in Minnesota, which is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. A tree? The air freshener. Air, air freshener is illegal? Essentially, that's what they pulled him over for. But when they ran his license, oh, he got outstanding warrants, so we're going to detain him on these warrants. Well, he ain't trying to go to jail, so.
0: And now, he's young.
1: And, and he's and, probably and, thinking, it's Minnesota. The last thing these motherfuckers go to do is shoot me. That's not what girl was in the car. He wasn't alone. It was three cops at his car. Okay, we're outnumbered, but chase me. Whatever. You know, I'm a crook. I'm a criminal. I got a, I got a criminal background. And back when y'all car. catch me, I'll just go to then jail I'll go like to that. Jail, and I'll go to jail for <laughs> this too. You know what I mean? But if I got a slight chance of getting away, if they say, oh, he's not worth chasing for something simple, then maybe I get another chance. But damn, I didn't think I was going to die. You know died I mean? though and, and don't get me wrong man I mean I don't think criminals should ever get away with committing crimes but do that mean people should get shot no because they committed a crime you the judge jury and executioner in a matter of seconds man this shit is getting old. I don't dude. I
0: it's come kind of, it's getting to the point where I feel like police officers shouldn't have guns mm- mm-hmm. I'm getting to that point where all you need is a taser right and handcuffs. Right. And and after that is like, the law.
1: You got the law on your side.
0: Yeah. So and hey, the, I have the right to do
1: this. Yeah. I have the right to detain you. I have the right to arrest you.
0: The guns, the guns come into play when other guns are in
1: play. You know what I'm saying? But But that's gonna be the argument. Well, if we know cops don't have guns, all I gotta do is pull one on them. Yeah. Because you know we got guns. Yeah. So well now we got the upper hand and Or well, or they should have
0: it it should be it should be a certain type of training if you're gonna have a gun.
1: It should just, I mean. I'm gonna should, make it real simple. Let me tell you what it should be. There should be a consequence for using it. Using it. That's it. Like, dude. Perp walk a cop after he shoots somebody and see how many of them do it again. Yeah. Put a cop in jail for killing somebody and see how often they yeah. actually do it. Be like, dude, you're using
0: that force. You You didn't have to use that. That was not something that you needed to use. You could have used anything else but that.
1: But see, here's the thing. And, you know, my girl's a social worker. Mm-hmm. When it's all said and done, there are loopholes for government employees at every level. We talk about this all the time. She like, you know, I can pretty much get away with anything, anything, mm. because there are loopholes in place that protect government employees even when they make bad decisions. So that's a part of that peace of mind thing that these cops have in their mind. Well, when it's all said and done, I was just doing my job. I'm totally protected. I'm totally protected, and you know that's the thing that scares her the most about her job because it's like, well, I don't ever want to use that, and I'm never going to use that. But if one of my coworkers or something happens around me, and it's and that becomes the the fall guy for the justification for a you know a social worker. Or an aide or somebody, you know, hitting a, a kid or pushing her in front of a car or whatever to sit pulling out, whatever. You know what I mean? We get off on that? Yeah. Like, that's, that's crazy. You know what I mean? It just defeats the purpose of your job. Yeah. Your job is to protect and serve. And then you kill somebody. How are you doing your job? Who are you protecting? Who are you serving? And see, and see I think
0: the government look at it as it's just one person out of millions. Nine billion. Billions right. of people. Right. It's not really. I mean, you taking that person out, not, but now that we're in this era of everything's being caught on camera, right. there's nothing you really can do to kind of justify the reason, unless you really like. The whole thing is, dude. You can you can safely take a person who just killed nine people mm. in without killing him,
1: right?
0: But you can't safely take one black guy who you just pulled over for a light, right? a missing taillight or expired an expired flash or anything. You can't, it's something about that that makes you feel like I need to kill him. Right, he's a threat. He's definitely a threat. The guy that
1: walked into a church, prayed with the people, opened fire, and killed everybody in their execution style. He walks away. He went alive. to Burger King. They fed this motherfucker, man. They literally took him to get food, but George Floyd allegedly knowingly put a fake twenty dollar bill on the counter, and you choke him to death. And you choke him to death. On top of other people, this is not Michael this is just Brown. Not him. I mean, we could we could do, <laughs> we, could, we could have a week of conversation about the people from case to case, to case, to case. And the crazy thing is we could just go to Minnesota and have a whole fucking discussion about police activity. Just in Minneapolis, just in Minneapolis, Mm. Philando Castile. That was in Minneapolis.
0: And so that, that whole system needs to be dismantled for real. Actually, basically
1: that they, they've been saying it for ever since the whole George Floyd thing, defund the police. They started that conversation. We just, we don't even want to provide a single penny to them. You know, and even their own chief is like, you know, I stand with the victims. What do you want me to do? The mayor's like, yeah, I kind of do too. The governor, I kind of do too. Yeah. yeah, but y'all are the lawmakers. And, and y'all act like y'all change can't do the fucking law. About. Right. Oh, yeah. If you if you all about it, change the law, get it over with. Yeah, it's wild, man.
0: I don't, I don't, I, I, it's one of them subjects that I kind of try to stay away from because it makes me so angry, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't I don't even like to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it with no white folks for one at all. I don't even right. want to have that conversation. Right. Because I don't even want to know your opinion about it, even if it's on my side. I just yeah. don't want to have your opinion cuz it's making me look at you like, "Dude, you don't deal with this though. Right. We do." Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to go outside after I leave this job and make sure I get home safely. You can just ride, do some crime shit, and still get home safely to your people. Completely
1: oblivious that, oh, yeah, okay, so
0: my taillight's broken. I get a ticket. I've been riding like this for three months, and I never got no pulled over. got pulled over.
1: Yeah, you know, I saw a video of a a guy that was going nuts. It was a few years old now, but he had a machete. Just oh, yeah, did a, I did he see literally that. Literally chasing a cop. Chasing the cops. With another cop with a gun pointed on him going, put it down now, put it down. The other cop is going, hey, hey, stop. You know, the dude's swinging and he's doing everything. And it's probably, I think he was like high or drunk or something. just kind of all over the place. So he clearly wasn't too effective at what he was doing. But they didn't pull a gun on him.
0: They just wanted to the peacefully take this dude to end, like. We're just gonna peacefully take you in. Yeah, it, it, it. I don't know if it's a rule in the cop book that says do not shoot white people. Well, is there's it? A, there's
1: a there's an answer to that. <laughs> I don't know the rules, but there is not like a rule. That. No, okay. <laughs> just to be clear, there's not a rule that says hey, you can't shoot white people. <laughs> but we talked about this on the N word conversation, right? Yes. We gotta be conscious of why the police was created to begin with.
0: Right. Right. I remember. The
1: police was created because the Ku Klux Klan was officially illegal. There was no way to police the people Mm. or to to wrangle in the people. So they created a public service force designed specifically to protect the slave owners whose slaves tried to run Mm -hmm. or whose slaves tried to rebel against their slave owners. They were not... And, and again, you know, some people might say there's a conspiracy theory to some of this or that it's just hearsay or that it's just black talk or whatever you want to call it. But the original documentation, when you read it, the whole concept of protect and serve was to protect the assets and serve the people that had those assets. Mm. Black people didn't have no assets No, back we then. didn't have nothing. We didn't have nothing. So we're protecting them from their slaves and servicing them and keeping their slaves in line. Which which hence formed that 13th
0: Amendment when we got freed. But it said that the, that the slaves are freed. But if you get put in jail, you're a slave again.
1: You're, you, so right. So now it becomes, well, how do we how do we govern over the people? What laws do they break? In order for us to put them in jail and regain that control, and,
0: and regain control. Over That's
1: why black people were being thrown in jail because yeah. it became the new slave uh, uh, community. Yeah, and they had they had them in there making license plates and
0: still crazy do. stuff. Still do. <laughs> and and at the end of the day, it's like, dude, all that is going on, and there, I I just don't. Nothing's changed. It it is going on, and that that gives I don't like Kanye West. I mean, I I love Kanye. I loved oh, Kanye I was about West. to say,
1: come
0: on, man. I loved Kanye West. I Past fell tense. off. I I fell off a love Kanye West to like a love hate relationship with Kanye West right. because of some of the things he say. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it kind of rubbed me wrong. So I'm like, yeah. I can't support a guy who saying these things. But I'm starting to realize that a lot of the things that Kanye West was saying was just said the wrong way, but had great content to it, though. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, when he said, we need to get rid of the 13th Amendment, everybody jumped down his back because he like, dude, that's slave—that's abolishing slavery. Why would you get rid of that? But he's saying the context of it. You know what if I'm saying? Like, if you read the entirety re- of so the Amendment. So right. I would have reworded that and said we need to amend Right, The 13th Amendment, but not just get rid of it. But this is, you know,
1: perfect segue. <laughs> perfect segue. Perfect segue into what we're actually here to talk about. We're not here to talk about the police. Mm-mm. We're not here to talk about George Floyd. We're not even here to talk about police brutality. We're here to talk about the artists of our culture, of our generations, the the hip-hop community
0: mm-hmm.
1: that are just flying away from us it's completely misunderstood completely mis underappreciated completely misrepresented in in mainstream media yes and that's all based on the fact that of course we lost probably top 5 top 10 easy greatest rappers period it was a hard loss man one of the hardest losses
0: of hip hop that I experienced um other than Tupac and Biggie the ones too big them was too big ones for me too but mm-hmm. other than those two this one hit hard and and I'm not that's not to take away from um uh, Nipsey Nipsey yeah but I wasn't this a, is different. I wasn't a fan so right. it didn't hit me he he was making his way but he wasn't there yet he hadn't got so it 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 took him to to after he died for me to appreciate him All you right. know what i'm saying i didn't i didn't tap into after so but dmx
1: so dude. Let, let me everybody's got an opinion on this right and they should um i think mine is a little different mhm as usual i'm a different motherfucker always right? always <laughs> so i want to try to summarize this as much as possible. There's a lot to it. There's a lot to him. There's a lot to this whole process, and we're already 25 minutes in. So (laughs) I'm going to try to keep this as simplistic as humanly possible. For anybody that does not know who DMX was, it makes perfectly good sense that they don't understand why this is so big. So big, right. Right. But as a guy that came up in the, Rock him, Eric B, LL Cool J, age of rap. And we saw the maturation into NWA and Ice-T and Tone Loc when the West Coast kind of came in. And then we saw the gangster rap fall into place, the Tupacs, and all the guys that basically spun that whole industry on its head and said, fuck the police, amongst many, many other things. They all did it with a sense of popularity, and there's some skill to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's what people don't understand about DMX. Tupac, as thug as he was, he was trained at the Baltimore School of the Arts. Yeah, Tupac was a, he was an artist. He was a true... Uh, I- Poet. He yes. was every everything you can want out of an artist. He was that. Yes. But he was a thug. But he had these resources, these skill sets. Will Smith, he was brought up in the right kind of community. Even Ice Cube, with all of the things that he did right or did wrong as a teenage boy, as a gang banger, he was still a smart dude. Super smart. He still had ambitions and goals and all of these great things and to some extent he has support dr Dre, dr Dre was a businessman from day one easy yeah. E, easy was a businessman from day one ll 50 cent these people M&M. are, are gangsters these are gangsters and with they're gifts. And they're right right but but they they are business minded their minds men. were
0: different than a gangster mind like, right. i can talk about this because i lived it
1: right but, but I can also monetize it. I, I can, can also spin it in a way that makes me profitable. Yeah. To me, even Biggie to some extent. Biggie knew, hey, look, I'm just a, I, I sell dope. That's what I do. Yeah. Jay-Z, Nas, this is what we do. But somebody has said, hey, we can, monet- we can turn that history into a benefit. Mm-hmm. And we can polish you in a way that doesn't take you away from your background. But it makes you more presentable to mainstream media. Yes. And all of them dudes said, "Okay, cool, let's do it." You know. Yeah. Any, I'll any clean way up to my turn, act,
0: a, turn a negative to a positive. Yeah. Always I'll clean
1: good. up my act to be a part of that. Yeah. And and
0: mm-hmm. can care less what anybody got. Can to say care about less
1: what Right. Especially once I start making this money, yeah. it won't matter.
0: Like, dude, you can say I sold out all you want,
1: but I got bread. Right. And they all said it in their music. Yeah. All of them did. And then here comes Dmx. Now, Tupac said in an interview once, he said, if you think I'm bad, you don't want to see the dude that comes after me. I remember that so vividly because he died soon after. Mm. And I remember thinking to myself, ain't nobody going to come after him. You know, and I think 50 kind of felt like he was that guy. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, he was almost like a reincarnation of Tupac. He had the gun, the the shooting story and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. The, crazy that, the background shooting story made it, him
0: just uh, immortal in itself because right. everybody like nine times.
1: Yeah, Pac on he got shot five,
0: nine, and he's still yeah, he's here, still and he's here. talented,
1: right? Wow, but he was talented. He's talented. So, I remember the very first time I saw a DMX presentation, and just hearing his voice, I was like, "That's the guy." That's the guy. You just hear this pain every time he opened Without his mouth. Without
0: rapping. He don't even have to be rapping. The way he rapped is how he talked. Right. So,
1: Which is it, you, crazy you, in you, and of itself. It, it's no different. The I, dude literally barked <laughs> when he talked. It was he just He growled that. when he talked. It was just that. But
0: when he opened his mouth and he said the words that he said, they always made sense and they always brung some type of inspiration to you if he was talking to you.
1: But you can hear the pain. Hear all the pain. So when I heard him talk, I mean, literally, it was, it was an interview. And I, I didn't even know what he was saying. I wasn't even listening to what he was saying. I just heard his voice. And I was like, that's the guy. That's the guy that's going to replace Tupac. In the hearts of the thug culture, that's the guy that's going to do it. And it was wild because I had no point of reference. I had never heard of this guy before. I didn't know his backstory at the time. But I started listening to his music, and I'm like, yep, that's the guy. you going to do it. So here's what made DMX different to me. When Tupac rapped, he said it once before. He said, you don't rap for the niggas. You rap for the bitches. Right? Because then they'll buy what the bitches want. Yeah. And then everybody will buy your music. Yeah. Because they want the girls to listen to whatever they want to hear. as They're driving down the street.
0: And still, it's still right to this day. Right, because whatever the girls listen to, dudes instantly chime into it.
1: Right. Whenever you think of a babyface song, you hear you hear romance. Mm-hmm. Whenever you hear a Fifty Cent song, every every you hear Fifty Cent, you think club. You hear Tupac, you think pop culture. You think energy. You think rap. You think gangster rap, but you think conscious thinking. Conscious too. thinking, though. Biggie, you think fun. He was a fun rapper. Fun. He was very creative, wordsmithy. Will Smith, you think beach. You just think party. You think fun. Uh, Chris Brown, you think womanizer, you know, <laughs> right? Womanizer. You, I mean, you, I'm just saying, you know, he took the whole baby face thing from baby don't go, boys and men, baby don't go, Jodeci, baby, I love you, to fuck these hoes. You know what these I mean? hoes. These hoes ain't loyal. These hoes ain't loyal. I mean, and then <laughs> Genuine and all, you know, it kind of matured into this. We ain't begging for these broads no more. No. When I think of a DMX track, I think of a kid coming up through the slum saying, fuck her, fuck the relationship, where my dog's at. Where my dog's at. At the end of the day, because of the way I grew up, it's like he made ballots for thugs, for stupid. For not not the not the popular gangsters, not the commercial gangsters, but the people that nobody wanted to listen nobody to. Nobody wanted to listen nobody to. Nobody paid attention to. The people that the cops threw in jail just because they had to get their numbers up. That's who I'm rapping so for.
0: He was rapping for a lot of people that did not even exist. Period. And he showed his ass by doing that.
1: Because he was one of them. He was one of them. He was... He was from the grimiest, grittiest places that you could ever think of. Yeah. And even as he came out of that, even as this, all of this fame and this fortune came his way, he was like, I'll take it, but that ain't who I am. Don't ever expect me to assimilate with pop culture. Don't ever expect me to be commercialized. It's not going to happen. Man, he never Every was. time you talk to me, you're talking to the same kid that was abandoned by his mother, you're talking to the same kid that was thrown in jail nine times before he was twenty one years old i don't care how much money I got when he died, man Swiss did everybody did an interview yes, because when it's all said and done, nobody did enough to uh-huh. show this dude the yeah. love that he deserved. Nobody that had access to him nobody Russell Simmons even said it. This is a wake up call to all of us we we let him down, yeah, you show the fuck did yeah
0: because you he, should he eat said it. And Russell said he saved Def Jam.
1: Single-handedly.
0: Sin- single-handedly, like, we were on the verge of, like, not really doing nothing. Right. And I, we discovered this guy, and we, we took off.
1: Right. But Swiss said it. He was like, you know, he's like he's the only guy that I know. He said, I know for a fact he had $30 million in the bank. I know he did. I saw it. I put it in there. But while I'm sitting here watching him deposit this money, he leaves and he's recording music in an abandoned house feeding homeless people. Mm. He went to the studio when he felt like it. He wasn't smoking, even though he had a drug problem. That's not why he was there. These people have nobody that care for him. He was like the most underrated humanitarian to ever exist because that's where he came. I know how these people suffer because i lived in this building. This is my old address. And it wasn't when it was furnished. Mm-mm. It was a abandoned building then. The, this is my lifestyle. I was left. I was abandoned by my mother. I had all of these drug problems. I had all of these vices. But he had a conversation with God on every song, yeah. no, every CD. Yeah. He had a prayer on every CD. He had a conversation with the devil on every CD. Well, three of them. And he said that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, if, if anybody who really wants to understand DMX, you got to watch the Dr. Phil interview. Yeah. That Ilana Van Zandt garbage, I mean, that was, that was a straight setup interview. Straight stage. And guess what? He wasn't on it. He wasn't ready. <laughs> That's not what he came for. He told that bitch to shut up like 50 times. Like, I'm trying to <laughs> talk to my fucking... T-. Dude, I loved it because... She was like, oh, you can't talk to me like that. He's like, "I'm you, bitch, you asked me to be here. You know what I mean? I No, I can talk to you however the fuck I want to talk to you because this is who I am. Mm. His wife, who was soon to become his ex-wife, I guess they had their issues in their relationship because he was a, I mean, he said it. You know, I did what I wanted to do. I told her that before I married her. I don't know why he acting surprised now, but we've already decided that we're going to end this relationship, so we're going to go on this dating show, this couple show or whatever and just... Kind of put it out kind there. Kind
0: of hash it out. Yeah, just not,
1: not to save the relationship. The yeah. relationship's already over, but there's questions she said she had that she wants answers to. And she asked him questions. And he looked at her like, What the fuck are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I got nine kids or, or twelve kids by nine different women because I'm a fuck any fucking thing I want to. You knew that before we got married. I, think I told he got 17 you seventeen kids. Yeah, he was like, this this is no surprise. You you need to come on TV to hear that. You think I'm a what I'm a shy away from the truth because I'm on camera? No, motherfucker, this is who I am. That's You've right. known this from day one. That's not going to change. I'm a dog. I'm a fuck what I want to fuck. I'm gonna do it for the rest of my life, and there's nothing you can do about that. If you don't like it, then move the fuck on with your life. And she stood there looking like, he just did this shit on camera. Like, how did you not know that?
0: DMX you gonna you be cannot DMX. put a
1: caged animal in a corner and say, "Be a good boy." Mm-mm. I, that's not who I am. You know what I mean? And his authenticity, man. That's what. That's what just drew me to this guy.
0: Yeah, and I, like, I knew I knew he was special because Rob Robs was very very highly like nobody was better than this guy oh. and 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 to me and Dave we were Jay-Z fans so we like dude are you fucking ridiculous he doesn't even have the capability of doing what Jay do Dang. but at the end of the day it wasn't it wasn't like they were beefing with each other it was just that was just like dude we were Jay-Z fans DMX came along we were n- DMX fans also. But then when the the conversation came up of who was better, we like, Jay, I don't care what you're talking about. (laughs) But then if you, Rob would literally get in my car and put DMX on and be like, listen to this, Boots. And it would be DMX praying. Mm -hmm. And just his energy in itself, I'd be like, this dude is special, dude. Special, super duper special. Like I can see why it hit so much in his heart for Dmx. Right. You don't get that out of Jay Z. You just nope. get this glitz and glamour from Jay Z. That's
1: exactly right. You get you get this heart. The commercial side of Jay Z. Yeah. And that's not to say Jay Z. Not, not don't to say that.
0: I mean, it's just that his Jay Z's upbringing was like a story of maturation. This, this dude who didn't have nothing and came out the gutter and literally made it through the drug game, through all that, and still made it to the top. Right. You know what I'm saying? And rags to riches. That was just like what everybody wanted to see. But then you hear DMX, and he's just like this guy who ex-drug addict, but got a great talents and know what it, it, it was like. Uh,
1: he's uh, the authentic story, though. Yeah. He's the story that never gets told. Yeah. Jay-Z was a rags to riches story. Mm-hmm. DMX was a rags story. That got cleaned.
0: They got cleaned up. But he
1: was still a rag. But he was still rag. And he was like, you know what? You can give me everything there is, but I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to be who I always was. Yeah. I don't need to be a part of that to be happy with where I'm at. I loved it. And, you know, like you said, Rob had a, a very personal, special connection to personal. the Personal. And I know this was a huge loss for him. Dude, I this seen him cry. Him. I seen yeah. him
0: cry. Just by us listening to something of DMX. Yeah. I seen Rob literally have tears in his eyes after listening, or after DMX won an award on an award, so he literally crying like that's
1: his father on there and he's proud. You know what I'm saying? Like, because people like him wow. don't get recognition. Yeah. And that's the reason why I think that it needs to be stated over and over and over again. Yes, the loss of DMX is probably bigger than the loss of Tupac. It's big. And that's mainly because of who DMX represented. He represented a group of people that never had any representation. Pac didn't even represent that group. No. Pac represented a militant group. He represented a gangbanger. He represented a kid coming up trying to make a better way. That means that kid knew he had tools, resources, and access to get better. DMX represented a guy that nobody wanted to talk to, nobody wanted to listen to, the homeless guy. The game banger.
0: Grimy. The,
1: the grimiest, the worst of the Grimey. worst. And he said, like, I love dude, you.
0: I will rob you right now.
1: <laughs> he said, I love he said because I get it. Yeah. This is not the best place in the world, man. And he's one thing he used to say all the time, to live is to suffer. Mm-hmm. He felt like living was suffering. And he truly, truly believed that.
0: Yeah. He he said it in one of his interviews recently. It's like, dude, if I die today. I will be happy with the life I lived
1: right good and bad you got all through. the
0: stuff that he ever did he like, I' would be happy with
1: everything I've ever did in life if I died today. Dr. Phil asked him he said, do you have any is there anything you would do over he said absolutely not nothing no why I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I am you know what I mean you know how he he talked right it's yeah. like I'm happy with where I am I'm good I'm good I'm good with where I am. Not to say that I couldn't be in a better place, not to say that if things were different in the past, I'd be in a better place today, but I'm good with where I am. Why do I need to change that? Yeah, I got 15 kids, whatever the number is, but I love them all individually. They love me. I don't care what the media think. He threw a bunch of uh, tweets up like, oh, this lady said this. What do you want to say to that? Nothing. I don't know her. Why would I respond to her? He was just so fucking authentic, man. And, And Dr. Phil said, I don't get it. I don't understand how somebody who has been to jail 30 times 40 times, don't feel the reason, the need to change something. Right? Because that's got me to where I am. That's my life.
0: Dude, he, so many different personas. Like, you can see, see I even, saw even, one. even, even, yeah, I only saw one too. But even in his, even in his acting. His fame, right. And his fame of himself. Even when he tried to portray something that's a good person, he was able to do that. But you still seen DMX, though.
1: All the time. It
0: was never like, I don't see DMX. Right. When he did the movie with Aaliyah, you still seen DMX. You didn't, right. you didn't take that character and say, that's that character.
1: No, this is DMX. Acting. All the time. He just And he wasn't really acting. It was just him being him. It was just him being him reading a script. And reading a you know script I mean? and being that person. I don't know, man. I mean, you know, people probably feel like, you know, how many times do we need to hear this story? I don't know that we're really listening because when it's all said and done, that dude has been suffering for 50 years. He died at 50 years old. He suffered for 45 of them. And he persevered. Yeah. And if that in itself don't say that there really ain't much we can't live through. We cannot. do. He lived through it all. And he prayed. And he, he found God. Godly guy. I mean, and I was telling somebody this earlier. It's like, you know, nobody really did religion like him before him. Kanye kind of got into it. It was always a part of who Kanye was. Jesus Walks was on his first CD. Yeah. The only other person that I think that really, like, embraced religion as the center of his career, to me, was Chance the Rapper. Yeah. Whether you like him or not is irrelevant. Chance the Rapper built his career on his faith. Mm-hmm. DMX built his life on his, his faith. faith yes. And he just talked about it in his songs yeah. and because he was struggling. Yeah, and he
0: highlighted both sides of it. Like, right. dude, I'm not just going to talk about my faith in God. I'm going to talk about how the devil pulls me into my deep spaces, you right. know what I'm saying? And
1: I'm going to tell you about that too. Dude, that was And the reason why I keep referring to this Dr. Phil episode is because or interview is because And he said this, Dr. Phil asked me, he was like, why did you want to do this show? You know, you just did the Lana show. That didn't go over too well. And he said it. He was like, you know, I know y'all both on the Oprah camp, but on her show, it was us in a set and we had all of this craziness going on. In this show, I could talk directly to the people. You got an audience here. Mm -hmm. He's like, you can ask me anything you want. Just don't talk about my mother and don't talk about my wife because right now we're in a good place and I don't need to go back to a bad place. Right. I don't need to be reminded of that. And I'm not going to do this gotcha fucking interview. So let's talk about what you want to talk about. You want to know why I ran through a, a hallway naked? It was a fucking dare. <laughs> what, what, who, who ain't ran through? I mean, you know, and he's a goofball, right? So the yeah. audience is laughing the whole time, the whole interview. If you ain't watched it, man, I, have a, I'm I want that. everybody in America. I'm gonna watch oh, that. No, he said we were worldwide. Ain't that what yeah, said? he said I we were worldwide. I want everybody in the world to watch that Dr. <laughs> Phil interview because he was talking directly to the people. Yes, and he had nothing to hide. Nothing. And he said, "I'm gonna just put it out there." And he told Dr. Phil, "I don't care how the rest of the world sees me." He said, "Good or bad, it don't matter. You can't elevate me and you can't lower me because I have to be comfortable in my skin." Yeah. And he mentioned, you know, the whole, he was asking him, he was like, you know, when, when it comes to, you know, your career and the fame, do you feel like that, you know, negatively impacted your drug addiction? He said, absolutely. He said, because it was the fun thing to do. I was the popular guy. No matter where I went, somebody was offering me something. And I'm an addict. It's how we have fun. Yes. So that's, you know, and then they asked him, why did you stop touring? Well, you know. I lost my license. That's why I went to jail. If I can't get my license or my passport, I can't travel and do concerts. So yeah, I got $1.3 million in back child support. You know what I mean? He, he's, going, he's like, you know, you, you try to make it out to be something crazy, like, oh, DMX isn't paying his child support. And he said it, because Dr. Phil said, you're like, I don't see why you're not making $10 million a year now, like you were doing back then. Because like, I can't go anywhere. I can't go on tour. I can't travel the world. I can't even drive to the grocery store. And therefore, I can't work. If I can't work, I can't pay child support. Do the math. Yeah. You know what I mean? Y'all want to make it complicated like, oh, this big celebrity just decided to not do what he's supposed to do. How am I supposed to do it? If you're taking everything away from me. If you throw me in jail, every single chance you get. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's like, take the glitz and glamour out of all of this shit because I don't want it any fucking way. Yeah. Only people that I care about are the people that care about me and the people that nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. Everybody else can kiss my ass.
0: Yeah, and that's how you're supposed to live your life anyway.
1: Right. But you don't see that with a lot of celebrities. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I better protect my assets. I better protect my money. I They'll break down, down
0: if, if you start talking about them like, oh, my God, my life is over. Right. You, 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 like, you, I got to get back in your good graces. Yeah. you like, fuck your graces. <laughs> people don't that's understand not- that. I, that's why I never really kind of ever wanted to be actually famous. Right. That's not what I started making music for. I started making music because it was just something to do. And at the end of the day, I seen what fame does to people. You know what I'm saying? Like, regardless of how much money they got, at the end of the day, their demise, a lot of the people the people, famous people demise be either drugs or just something just crazy. And it's like, how could you how could you avoid that? And that's why I kind of modeled Jay-Z so much, because even though he was famous, he kept everything so private. Right. And which made him so much. That's why he's a billionaire today. Because you You don't know. know. Because you don't know nothing about that guy and only what he tells you. You know what I'm saying? And when you hear his voice, it's only when he wants you to hear his voice. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just about to be out here doing interviews. I'm not about to be out here making music with all these different artists. It has to make sense to me. You right. know what I'm saying, and that's always a good thing. Like, just don't just push shit out here. Right. Dmx the same way. He yeah. never just put you, anything you, you out here. You ain't never
1: go hear from him unless he got something to say. And if he talking, he, all his you albums listen.
0: dropped, that's how he didn't go out making mixtapes and doing all this crazy. Nah, you hear me when you hear me. Right. It, it's it. I just I don't I I dislike famous fame. I, I dislike the fame part of everything. Just give me the money. Right. And I'm straight. <laughs>
1: And I and I guess that's what made me bring up this topic. You know, I was I was going to call this episode, you know, the ones we've lost. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much talent that's lost so early in their careers, in mm-hmm. their professional or their limelight careers, especially now. Yeah. It's it's 10 times that. worse now than it was. They're just there. dying instantly you know, like, dude, you ain't even made an album yet. Right. You <laughs> did before your first album come out. You <laughs> made it. You know, at least DMX made it to 50. Yeah. That's rare. Yeah. You know, that somebody with that much hostility in their hearts and, and negativity in their careers perseveres that long. Man, you know? you I mean, think he, he was under attack, on. man. He was under attack his whole career. He was like, I'm not going nowhere. I'm going to fight it. As long as God wants me to get his message, I'm going to give it. He already told me who I need to give it to, but I think about like Tupac, and I think about Biggie, and I think about Aaliyah, and I think about Left Eye, and I think about all these people, Jab Master J, and Mac Miller, all these people. Jab Master J had a long career, yeah, but he was still taken from us. He still could have done. He could have been a Russell Simmons, you know what I mean? He had that capacity, you know. But these dudes had these people. It wasn't just guys, girls as well. They had so much raw talent. Even Amy Winehouse. Yes. Amy Winehouse was an unfucking believable yes. singer, man. Yes. That one blows my mind. Kurt Cobain. You know, I mean, yes. I wasn't a rocker, but it, you pay attention. I get it. I get the appeal. Man. You know what I mean? But they didn't get to do what they were meant to do, in my personal opinion. But I do think that in all of the sorrow that goes with DMX dying, he did what he was meant to do, mm-hmm. and he was saying. He said that. I've done my part. Mm. But I don't think we did our part, not we as you and I, but we as the living, yes. the people that he gave his all to. I don't think we did our part for him. Yes. And I think when it's all said and done, the people who may not understand why is this such a big deal, it's because this guy prayed for everybody. When he needed somebody to pray for him.
0: Yeah. If he was in the room and there was a prayer to be said, who did they follow?
1: No.
0: DMX, lead us in prayer. 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 And he had this preacher soul, but gangster tone. Right. And it was like (laughs) the words coming out so clearly and like they just coming from the heart and the soul. Like God's giving him these words. Right. And he's just saying them. And you you had nothing but to do but just respect whatever
1: he's saying. And you knew that that faith is what brought him through those um, group homes. That's what brought him through jail. That's what kept him calm, even though he may never have seemed calm. That was his strength. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that have no religious beliefs. They have no real sense of faith or, or religion. But they somehow find a way to persevere. Yes. And this guy had nothing but his faith. And that's all he had to persevere. Cause he, I don't think he ever really felt like he had that, that community, that, that familial environment outside of his boys or his dogs. Yeah, I get it. That's why, that's who he, sung to. That's who he praised. That's who he cared for. That's who he loved. I love my dogs. I... Fuck what you heard, I would die for my dogs. I think he literally meant his pit bulls as well as his homeboys.
0: <laughs> his pit bulls as well as his niggas, though. <laughs>
1: because that was his circle, man. It was yeah. like, you know, because nobody else is going to give it up for me the way they do. Yeah. So I'm not going to give it up for anybody like I give it up for them but I'll give to everybody. Mm. I mean, it's a a hard thing to make sense of for people who don't understand them. But I think one of the big takeaways I want to have is, yes, this is an episode specifically about DMX. Anybody don't like it, I'm sorry. But he got a bad rap his whole life, and he never wanted to do anything other than survive. He never wanted to do anything other than support people who couldn't support themselves. And he became a multimillionaire and all he did was give. And all he wanted was somebody to be there for him. Mm -hmm. And when it was all said and done, they weren't. There's too many tools in place to help a guy with the problems that he had. And I understand. I mean, I know he was probably one of the most stubborn people ever created. Man, I'm, I'm
0: pretty sure I'm he good. fought back on a lot I'm of sure shit he
1: did. That, that people tried to do for him. I'm, sh- I'm 100% <laughs> certain he did. But guess what? That's what addicts do. Yeah. And at some point, you got to say, I get it. But no. we we I have to intervene at this point. And if that means I have to go above and beyond and piss you off, and we fight, whatever, you go no, that I'm doing this simply because I love you. And I don't think he ever really got that. Because I think if the right people would have done it, he'd still be here.
0: Yeah. Because I I even seen that. I even seen it when he was um, doing the verses. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead with Snoop. Yeah. I I can see that it was kind of like, I ain't going to say that it was like fake love in the room. Right. But it was like, his energy was like, I don't give a fuck about none of these niggas in here. Because none of these niggas really helped me out. Y'all giving me an opportunity now. But... Look where I've been I didn't came from. All of a sudden I'm getting this opportunity because y'all wanna do this versus against the two dogs. That's cool. But I really give a fuck about none of y'all in this room. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that's not what I, I'm about. But I'm gonna do it because this is just who I am. You know what D- I'm saying?
1: I remember when he was on 106 and party, it was him, um it was him, um uh, Jada and Sheik. Mm-hmm and they were talking about the new CDs coming out and the movies and this and that, I think that dude said five words. Like, I don't really need to be on camera. The CD come out tomorrow. Go get it. In the conversation. Can we go back home now? Can we, can we get back to what we're doing? I don't need to, don't need to market.
0: Yeah, but... My if people if go
1: buy my shit. They already know what my shit they about. They know I'm hard. Right. They are, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be popular. I'm just trying to be appreciated by the people I'm rapping to. And I know I am. So keep the rest of this shit. Yeah. I think he would have done it for free. I really do. I think he would have literally done it for free. Because you know what? People love what I'm doing. But yeah. But somebody's seen the, some,
0: somebody seen the monetary value in him and told him, like, dude, if only you can just clean up for a hot second, we can make a lot of money. I'm not going to clean up. And he did it for a hot second and went right back. Like, I'm cool. Dude, I did what y'all asked me to do. I'm right. back. Right.
1: All right. Now <laughs> back to the trenches. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, I um, I feel like you know he can't smell his roses no more, but that don't mean that we should ignore the fact that he deserves them. And I think we got to pay closer attention to the people who are not paying attention to. Master P said it when he died. He said, "We need a union. This industry." He should not have died the way he did. There's too, there's too many resources available to us as artists that should have been made available to him in his situation that would have saved his life.
0: He put so much of a big imprint on the world right. in itself with everything that he did. And it watched him die. And they watched him die with it, though. They put him in jail. They did everything they do to tear him down. And he persevered through all that. Through all of it. And still, they watched him go down.
1: Right. Uh, You know, he's rich. You know, that's what he do. We ain't going to interfere. You don't want to piss him off. He might shoot you. He might bite you. You know what I mean? He might sick a dog on you. He might beat your ass. So we just go let him be him. But he's crying for help. And he says it in every song. Yeah, yeah, In every song if he was crying. To the music. If you listen, if you really listen to what he's saying, yeah. he's crying for help, and nobody helped him. But somehow he still made it fifty years, man. That's that's a lot of will. Yeah. And that's I mean, with stress.
0: his with 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 the way he, you would have thought he would die early in his career, thirty yeah. tops. Yeah, you would think that somebody would have been like, "I'm beefing with DMX, and I'm taking him out of here because he's just a nuisance." Right. When nobody did that. Because he, he was a he was really a dog. <laughs> right, like, dude, I'm a dog. You, right. you
1: you think you gonna do anything to me, I'm gonna do it to you first. Right. I'm on stage with a gun and a dog. And fifty dudes and on the stage and five hundred in the audience that will not let you get on the stage, let alone get off the stage after hurting hurt me. He was comfortable everywhere. Anywhere. And he was comfortable except for where he didn't feel con- and you could tell like I would rather he would rather go sit in the projects he would rather go to Skid Row in l a yeah. than go to Beverly Hills
0: he'd rather do a documentary in his own little area and right. and feel comfortable than go on national TV and try to show the world who he really is like nah exactly. I ain't I don't care about this I don't care about what the world thinks of me I care about the people who are gonna go Google me and watch the the documentary then you see who I really am you right. know what I'm saying like I'm really a dog you know what I'm saying like I'm really that
1: I humble myself on originality and consistency. You know what I mean? We talked about this not too long ago. You know, I don't care who I'm talking to. I have the same tone. I have the same demeanor. I have the same energy. and I have the same purpose. And I feel like I get that from people like him. And I think he kind of amplified it for me. He's not the only one. Yeah, he he no kind of amplified yeah. it for yeah. me. Like, don't ever, ever, under any circumstances... Sell yourself, yeah, for the sake of somebody else's, yeah, always be
0: true to yourself,
1: just be true to yourself, yeah. And he didn't necessarily say it, but he did it, yeah. And you you, you just capture that, and I think that's what Rob enjoyed about him so much was like, you know, I, I just feel like that's something that I he, can connect
0: he, he, to, Rob. Your brother is like just like that, he doesn't change, like anytime he comes back from France, dude. He's the same Rob that you knew when you met him.
1: When he was six. He's
0: never changed his persona about anything. This is just him. I I I was there the day he was born. I mean And I'm like, dude, it's new words, it's new everything. He don't he
1: don't feed into none of that. None of that. It's still raw.
0: It's still raw.
1: Right. Jack.
0: (laughs) Jack, right. All that. And you like, dude, <laughs> who says that? But I'm glad ass. that you still right. you, though, because I feel like I still have my old friend. Right. And not somebody who then transformed into this new person.
1: Yeah, he's never going to venture away from that. And especially now. You know what I mean? He's getting older. Um, I think he's starting to really appreciate what he's actually accomplished. But he knows that it was him that accomplished these things. Yes. And he has to remain him to continue to grow. Yes, and I
0: and I and I commend that dude every time. That's why he's one of my favorite people.
1: Yeah, you
0: know what I'm saying? The, that's why people look at me like, "Why you do everything for Rob, dude? Rob, the only one is consistent with what he's on. Like right. he don't care about nothing else. He treats me the same way he treated me when we met. I right. it's never been it never changed. Right? You know what I'm saying? I have he has no regardless of what he heard about me. Whatever whoever talked about me, he still came to my house. He comes to my house every time he come back to the city. Right. Uh, I'm I'm going over Boo's house. Right. Pre-
1: he probably gonna spend a night for a night. And spend
0: a night. I'm there. I'm if he want me to sit on sleep on his couch. He didn't spend the night in my house for a whole week. One time he came home, he was like, I just need to get away from Mama house. I'm just gonna stay here. I had to go to work. He like I'll be here when you get back. I get back. I feel like I got a maid at the house. He didn't cleaned up, cooked food. And I'm like, damn! I feel like I got a
1: <laughs> a woman <laughs> at the house. <laughs> Nick, what did she do? Is she trying to move in? He's <laughs> yeah, just, just giving it back. You
0: know but I, mean? I loved it though. That energy was just so great, dude. And he's still that way though, to this day. Like and he will be. And and your whole your whole family like that. And that's not just him. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people that I come across in your family is the same way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Never change.
1: It's it's an it's a part of our authenticity, it's a part of who we are, you know what I mean? It's how we were raised. I mean, trust me, my mom in the same way to me that she is to you. Yes. And you know that firsthand. I know. She, she gives less.
0: everybody that same energy, the
1: same business too.
0: Anything she, she got, got to say everybody's business. Dude, I put up a picture on Facebook in my story and it was it was in my story so you know the stories erase. Right. But I had a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And I was I was really showing off my my leg tattoo. But I had the money like laying across my leg though, and it was just like right there. She instantly messaged me like, "Son, if you don't take that down, people around here they see you with money and then they go after you." And I'm like, "You know what? You right, Mama Grace. Right, I ain't take it down. It went away on its own. But right. at the end of the day, I felt her like, right. I ain't even gonna ever post money again when it comes to Mama Grace and it was one time i mean i guess i had posted an old picture of me at work and i had a whole bunch of money in my pocket i set it on the table and i took a picture of the money and she and i posted it and she and then it became a memory later on in my mm-hmm. facebook and i posted the memory and i was just like still getting money and she looking at it like you got that money right now you be the boy Right, you better take keep, <laughs> right. You better get people like. They target people like like that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, you know what? You're right, Mama Grace. I'm, I ain't gonna post no more money on Facebook. You're right.
1: <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite lines from DMX: Talking out the side of your mouth. Yes. So what's gonna let niggas know what you got in your house. Yes. My mama used to say that, not that creatively, every single day. What happens in these three walls or these four walls stay in these four
0: walls. Your mama, your mama became a DMX fan. Dude, she was. It didn't a take fan. a lot of effort. She was a true – Rob made her that right it to the point where she effort. she she became a uh uh DMX fan, she a Lil Wayne fan. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the rappers she's fans of like when Rob come home and start playing that uh that uh what's that? That, that rave techno that garbage. Techno,
1: man, if oh my
0: man, god. Ma, like, Mama Grace like if you don't turn that off and turn on some <laughs> Lil
1: Wayne or something. Too far. All right, She loves you, <laughs> She's a huge she, that dear mama CD or that uh, uh Me Against the World CD, I guarantee you right now is her favorite CD. Favorite rap CD. And
0: mama what? 70 72. 72? Yeah. Still in her bag, in though. <laughs> she a Migos fan. I don't know why she likes them motherfuckers like she do, man. She does Amigos. In fan. her bag, though. I'll be like, Mama don't miss a beat on none of this no, she young stuff. Even down the social media. Like, she like, I know how to work the social media, but I got grandkids to teach me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'll, I, I
1: indulge in it. Right. Why not? Why not? I'm
0: not too old for that.
1: Yeah, not too old, man. And I, I guess at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. Just, you know, enjoying every year you get, every day you get. Because yeah. that whole that whole
0: thing about you getting too old to do something is corny. Yeah. Because you telling me I'm too old to rap, or you telling me I'm too old to do something is stupid to me. Right. You ain't going to tell a white person he too old to make country music <laughs> <laughs> if he started making country music when he was 21 and then right. he turned 50 years old and still making country music he's still making money right he's still packing out shows at 50 right 60 70 like those people didn't care about your age, but nowadays it's like oh he old that's right. old news he ain't, he ain't part of the new new thing oh, what difference doesn't it make it don't make no difference dude nope
1: It's funny you say that too, because it's got me thinking. Not just because that's not just a music thing; that's like just pop culture and period.
0: It ain't got to. I never
1: once heard anybody say that Arnold Palmer was too old to play golf. No. But Tiger, he's washed up. Washed up. How's that?
0: Why would he be washed up? Because he's getting older. Right. Dude, as long as he's he's out there doing what he got to do. Let him do it. Let him do it. That's just like them saying LeBron too old to be out there, but he's still breaking records and doing this thing. Breaking necks, too. Like, dude, he's he just not got too injured old. For the
1: first time, man. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, and that's crazy in itself just to be injured for the first time. It's, well, not the first time, but the I first mean major to take injury. you out, yeah. out yeah. of a, of, out of a season or out of the right. basketball game period, and you're not right. a, being able to play. You know what I'm saying? Like right. a few, few games is cool, but yeah,
1: no, he's done done for a minute he's hating it too yeah he's, he's shout out LeBron yeah
0: Brian Brian Saudi he's like he, dude yeah. I wake up every day thinking about basketball
1: right. I don't know what <laughs>
0: right. y'all thinking about right.
1: I just want to play basketball right you know one of last uh, one of DMX's last interviews you could tell he was like you know I, I gotta I gotta reconnect with my culture and he basically put a tape. I mean, an interview out. He was just like, "Hey, any of you new dudes out there that want to get in the studio, get at me." He just made it. He just he got a CD that's coming out. Yeah, he did a track with Pop Smoke and a bunch of people. Yeah. He was like, "You know, these little dudes, they they doing what I was doing, and I can't ignore them. I can't, you know." And people who respected his
0: music on. when they were younger, they are gonna definitely. If if he if you offered him a spot on your on your CD and he accepts. Oh, you're gonna be like, you're gonna get win. on here.
1: Right. Hell yeah.
0: Please. I already know you're gonna
1: talk that shit. Right. <laughs> I
0: ain't even gonna trip on that.
1: Right. I know you're gonna talk the, the best. Yeah. I, you know, I think about all the artists. I was talking about, oh, I never even listened to Tupac or I never even listened to Biggie or blah, blah, blah. I bet your DMX name never came out of mouth. <laughs> never. <laughs> like, like, Not want no smoke with that dude.
0: No, you definitely would stop dropping and holding up all that. (laughs) Right. Opening up shop, dude. Right.
1: Rest in peace, to Dmx.
0: Dmx, man, we miss you, man. Already, man. It ain't even been long, but it ain't been a week yet.
1: But it's it's hard it's hard for us to swallow this pill. It's a lot of music that we get to go back to. You know, he's he's in that he's on that playlist now. Yeah, you know, the ones we I, I'm
0: still not, I, I, I told myself I was going to make a, a DMX playlist on my Spotify mm-hmm. and just go and just ride to it. But it it's too soon right now because just listening to his voice and knowing that he's gone, yeah. Yeah. it kind of saddens you instead yeah. of just gets you pumped. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I mean, of course, it's good to hear other people playing it and, and celebrating him, but to a person who's a true fan of, of his okay. artistry, it hurts. It hurts to even hear it. Like, we was down here um, on Friday. Dave was like, I'm like, right after it happened, I'm playing DMX. I played, played a few songs of his, and I was like, all right, boom. So then the next song was slipping.
1: Uh.
0: It came on, and the video, we was playing it on YouTube. So the video playing, Dave's sitting right here on the couch. So I'm letting it play. But I'm hearing, I'm, I'm listening to it, and it's making me sad as I'm listening to it. But I'm kind of doing stuff, too, as I'm listening to it. All of a sudden, I see a hand come across here and, like, and just turn it down. And it was like, we're not going to do that, Boots. You're not right. about to have me over here crying. Right. And I said, you know what? There you right. That's a hard song. It, yeah, it's I'm one of them songs them. that makes you feel like it's really real.
1: That's that cry for help. Yeah. That was one of the songs where you could tell oh, this dude is hurting, and and
0: it, and it's, it's a cry for help for a lot of people that you lost. You know what, right. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, even down to Matt gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, these people had a cry for help that we couldn't, we didn't understand until late in the game. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then it was too late. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we kind of let him slip through the cracks. Right. And it kind of makes us feel like it's our fault. But it's really, it's not our fault, but it is our fault. You know what I'm saying? Because how did we let him slip to the cracks? You know what I'm
1: saying? No matter, I think that, I guess what I hope that everybody gets from this conversation is that, you know, losing DMX was a big loss. Culturally. Yes. You know, maybe not, maybe everybody don't get it, but the culture does. And if you don't take anything else from this conversation, who was it, Royce, check up on your strong friends, right? Yes. You got to do that, man. You, I don't care how strong you think somebody is, they're suffering. Somehow, some At way. At some point in their lives, yeah. they're suffering because to live is to suffer. Yes. DMX said that. To live is to suffer. So anybody living is suffering in some capacity, even if they internalize it, even if they Have the will to power through it. There's something that they could be talking to you about. And the ones that you know that are suffering, suffering, you gotta check up on them. Yeah. Because they may not have the strength or the willpower or the courage or the humility to say, I need your help.
0: Right. And them the ones that you're going to when you're suffering and you want advice and they're giving you sound advice. Right. But at the end of the day, on their end, no one's giving them advice. You know what I'm saying? Like you thinking like, well, if he giving me this advice, he basically living, practicing what he's preaching, right? Right. No. It's, it's it's not the same for me. It's it's different for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can tell you what you need to do, but I can't tell myself what I need to do. I need somebody to actually put me in my place.
1: Yeah. And it, observe it from the outside it, in yes. looking in, you know? I mean, I've, I've had my hard days. Dude. I've had them recently. I, I can understand struggles. that. You know what I mean? And I think we talked about this one time, too, where it's like, like you just said, people look at you like, you help everybody. How the hell am I supposed to help you? Well, you can try. Yeah. You
0: know what I mean? I mean, a conversation goes a long way. Right. It ain't and got to be monetized. It ain't got to be none of that. Right. It just be a conversation.
1: You know, we going through something right now. Yes. You and I. Yes. You know, we are literally trying to reinvent ourselves. And we are trying to build a business out of nothing. And there are a lot of stressors with that. You know what I mean? And, yeah, my willpower says you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? And, you know, you're going to school. We'll we'll figure it out. It's not the point, but it's like that's still a lot of lost sleep. That's still a lot of questions (sighs) that can't be answered. That's still a lot of things that people could very, very easily support. I don't necessarily need your money, but, you know, how, where do I find this at? Who do I get this answer from? I need simple things right now. I need a bookkeeper. Yeah. I need a delivery driver. Yes. You know how hard that is to find?
0: It's something that you just yeah, I mean, don't but, get.
1: But I, but I got you know, people always talking about, oh, I could use some work. All right, well, I, need to, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. Okay. That was a waste of my time.
0: Yeah. You know like I mean? dude, like, I'm trying to give you an opportunity. Right. You taking that opportunity and saying, Uh, well, I got better things to
1: do than that. Right. No, you don't have better things to if do If you than did, that. you wouldn't be looking. You know what I mean? But maybe you do. Or but maybe there's somebody do. that you know, that you care about, that needs that to be done and you've got all the time in the world to do it. That is a Right. Make a sacrifice for like
0: you know, Just 30, for 90 days.
1: Do it for me. You know what I mean? If you don't do it for you, do it for me. I'm going to still pay you to do it, but do it for me. Or maybe I don't pay you to do it. Then you're really doing something for me. Yeah. And when I do get to where I'm going, I remember who got me there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But oh, you asked for too much. Oh, okay. But since you're here, can you help me figure out how to save my life? You motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, okay, I'm, I, I got all the answers, and I never need any help until I actually ask for it. Man, it's just a terrible thing. But
0: rest in peace to my dude DMX, man. I really, really think that it's just a hard, hard one, and yeah. and for a lot of us older cats too, who grew up with him, you know what I'm saying, in his struggle, right. And, right. Um, for the younger people who really don't know this know his struggle, but kind of listen to his music, you understand, but you just don't understand,
1: right. And you know he. He's all over social media right now. Yes. Every other video is a backstory to DMX. Yes. Why didn't we tell these stories 20 years ago? I don't know. But, you know, it makes sense. If people need to understand what the fuss is all about, watch them videos. Yeah. If you really don't get DMX, watch his interviews. Yeah. But watch it from the perspective of not that you're looking at a celebrity, but that you're trying to make sense of a guy that's always in trouble, Take all of the noise and all of the filters away and just listen to his words. And And he ain't doing nothing but being a a prophet. (laughs) You will be in awe at his concepts, at his thought processes, at his logic, at his will, at his drive. Yes. And then maybe you'll find somebody to help. I'll end it on that. You know um a little heavy yeah. but it was a heavy loss yeah check up on your strong friends stay away from the cops especially if you're black don't even visit minneapolis because that city will burn down if this dude gets off half of america with it maybe i don't know but um don't forget to seek the help you need and to help The ones that need you. This is AG's Convos, and we out. AG's Convos, we gon' show you how the
0: world goes. AG's Convos, we gon' show you how the world goes.